the Cambridge Marketing Podcast with Kiran Kapoor. Brought to you by Cambridge Marketing College. See their range of courses and apprenticeships at marketingcollege.com. Hello and welcome. This week we are thinking about content marketing. Um, This has mainly come about because I am supposed to be writing some content and I was having some problems this morning and it got me thinking about topic clustering. And the fabulous Skylar Reeves came onto the show over a year ago to explain about this very intriguing concept and how well it can help us create strategic content. So here is a second opportunity to hear Skylar Reeves explaining the concept of topic clustering. Yeah, so I think in, in the long run, we don't just do things to do them, right? I mean, that's, that's, not how you, that's not how you win a game, whether that's chess, a sport, it's not how you win war, that's not how you win in business either, um, or really in life. And so from the business uh, perspective of things, in the long run, you want to be the preferred vendor within your market. You want to be the business, the solution that occupies mindshare whenever people are in market to buy, who do they think of, right? You know, when you think of shoes, what brands do you think of? And when you just create content and put it out there without any sort of, without aligning it to what's the vision for the brand, what's, you know, who are they trying to carve themselves out to be? It just doesn't end up as as successful. So don't get me wrong. I mean, tactics are, you know, great as a fundamental base to, uh, you know, to get started and learn something, but you or someone uh, within an organization needs to have, you know, a plan, needs to have a strategy in order to, um, you know, actually achieve whatever you want your outcome uh, to be. You know, you can learn how to all the tactics you want in chess. And then if you get to the end game and you don't know how to, you know, mate a king, uh, it becomes much more difficult. So that's a lovely analogy. So can you give me some example of the sort of strategies that you're thinking about here? Yeah. So you often want to think about, okay, the first thing you want to think about is where are your buyers? I think a lot of times when people go to just create content, they don't actually think about where their buyers are, where do they get information, how do they consume that information, um, you know, who do they go to or, or who do they trust uh, for advice, recommendations, etc. You want to start there. And I see a lot of times companies will just uh, pick a channel and start producing content on it or think that they have to produce content on every channel. And they don't. You need to find one channel where your uh, where your market is, right? Where they actually consume information, and deliver it to them where they are. Don't try to take them, you know, off to another channel. So, from a st- strategic perspective, you want to you want to know where are my buyers, what are their problems, how are we uniquely positioned to solve their problems in the market, and how do I get this information to them in a way that they want to consume it. So, okay, so the, I, how do I know where, where their channels are that they go to and what they're looking to consume? <laughs> it, you ask them. It's as simple <laughs> as that. I mean, I, I think a lot of people, they try to, they try to come up with this. Uh, they try to pull in data or look at this. I'm like, just go talk to them. It's th- their people. Get them on a call, right? And just ask them like, hey, where do you go to get your information? Um, you know, think about it whenever you're, Let's say you're trying to buy something not from like a business to business standpoint. If you're looking to figure out um, maybe you, you need a new doctor or you want someone new to cut your hair or something like that, right? You you can go ask people for recommendations, right? So like just ask people when they're coming in. Ask your existing customers, hey, 
where, how'd you hear about us? You know, where do you go for information? Where do you like to spend your time online? Um, you know, or offline as well. Uh, that's useful for, you know, non um, digital channels. Just ask them and or, you, you know, if you if you want to do something more large scale, you can you can poll a large audience of people to find out, you know, um, where people who aren't your customers, where they are as well, that can help you find untapped opportunities. But I think the easiest and best place is just go ask your current customers, just talk to them. And should I be concerned about just where my current customers are or where I think my future customers are? I mean, just how strategic should I be looking at this point? Yeah, so you, like I said, you want to start where your current customers are because it is, unless you, because if you already know this, you, uh, you know, if, if the business already knows this, they're not, they're not really worried about it. So typically the businesses that are thinking about this are trying to figure out, do they have what's called product market fit, right? Or, or, you know, can they actually scale this? And so they want to start with who their current customers are so they can actually begin to grow and not, you know, fail as a business. After that though, yeah, that's when you would begin to, uh, look at other channels. Go just go talk to people who hang out on those channels. You can explore each one. Uh, let's say it's Reddit. Let's say it's Facebook. It's Instagram. It's a forum online. It's a uh, private community. Go join those channels. Observe what people are talking about. Engage with the community. Don't try to be transactional. Just be there to learn and uh, and just talk to people. And once you kind of develop some relationships with people, then you can just ask them, like, hey, is there anywhere else you get information from as well? If you're talking to your current customers, you know, you find out where they get their information from and then ask them where other people like them get information from. Because they'll tell you that there are other channels out there that they get info from, but maybe it just doesn't fit their particular taste. You know, there are plenty of marketers who get their information from... Uh, you know, uh, from Googling things, right? Or from uh, joining, uh, from engaging with people on LinkedIn. I join a lot of private Slack communities. Some people, you know, maybe they don't want to do that. They don't want to, you know, pay to join a community or they don't want to have to have Slack on all day and distract them. So you just got to ask them and ask them where, where other people, because they know other people in their network, because people know people like themselves and ask them where they get info as well. Okay, so... I, I, that gives me a, um, an audience in a market and a, maybe a place to talk to them. So how do I now get ideas about what type of content they might want to consume? So it really, it really depends on the channel. Um, so we'll break this down. Let's say, let's say you already know where they are, right? Um, and uh, where they get their information. So from there, you want to uh, go look at those channels. Uh, let's say it's LinkedIn. You want to you want to find people on LinkedIn who already have captured the attention of your target buyers, right? So uh, there's some tools out there that they can make this a little bit more useful for you. They're not. Um, I don't think they're specifically geared towards LinkedIn because LinkedIn doesn't allow all of its data um, through its API. But there's a tool called SparkToro um, that you can input certain topics or or accounts that you know uh, you're looking for influencers within your industry on that channel. And then you want to go not just observe what they're doing, but observe who is engaging with them and how they're engaging with them. Read the comments, uh, look at the conversations that are occurring within the comments, use that to figure out, okay, what particular topics, um, you know, are people finding engagement with? 
I also like to find those people and then comment on their stuff, especially when you have um, a contrarian opinion. Um, those are really, really useful because it does contrarian opinions and, and not to create controversy just to be controversial, but, um, you know, to, but to spur conversation, to, to actually engage in the dialectic. Whenever you get those conversations going, based on the engagement that you get back from people, you can learn a lot about what's going to resonate with people on that platform. That's usually a pretty good indicator that maybe you need to go create your own, your own content around this as well. So a way to, uh, and the reason why you want to do this on, say, uh, an influencer's platform is because they already have uh, your audience's attention, and it helps you get amplification and get that data and feedback much faster than what it would if you were just posting your own content and trying to get the engagement organically through your own profile just because of the way that LinkedIn's algorithm works. And the same thing sort of applies on on, on other platforms as well, um, but you have to kind of cater it to the medium, right? So TikTok is gonna be different than Facebook, which is gonna be di different from Instagram, which is gonna be different from the web. Now, if you're looking to come up with topic ideas for, for the web or for YouTube or something like that, um, what we usually do is there's there's lots of tools out there. We we prefer Ahrefs for it. Um, there's a tool called Ahrefs where you can begin to explore what are all the various questions that people search for or the various terms that they search for on Google um, about around my industry, right? And you'll get data back uh, of all the various questions, how often they're searched for per month. And you can use that as kind of like a heuristic to say, okay, the more popular questions to get searched for a lot, you know, that's, uh, that's what people care about. And uh, from there, you can kind of dig in. It's, there's, a, you know, there's a lot of data there to process, but you can find those topics. And then uh, I like to take that and overlap it with the qualitative feedback that I get from interviews with customers or potential customers um, to see what are the pain points. Um, so at a broad level, you really want to try to ask yourself is what are the problems that the people that I would sell to or serve, what are problems they have? What are the jobs that they're trying uh, to get done? And then figure out, you know, okay, now how do I help them solve this through content? And that's, that's a pretty good approach and it works very well. It's much better than just uh, thinking about it from a persona level, you want to think about, mm -hmm. you know, people have so, problems, people want solutions, so you just go solve them for them. Okay, so when I, uh, we said that we would talk about topic clustering, so can you explain that as a concept to me? So we, we've got some ideas, which I presume is giving me the topics, but how am I clustering those? What am I doing with those? Yeah, so topic clustering is a, um, it's a difficult concept to explain, um, um, audibly uh, as opposed to visually, but a way to think about it is, uh, let's say you have a, uh, a it's, it's primarily applied to, to website content um, for search engine uh, purposes for ranking on search engines, but you would take this, these, this set of content that covers a variety of topics on your website and you would begin to um, group them together uh, topically where there's one central topic that tends to be a very broad um, a broad topic that acts as a overview or an introduction uh, to this category. And then it links out to these more specific articles that cover an angle of that in, in uh, more depth. So here's an example. Let's say we're just looking at marketing. So 
let's say you want to rank for all things marketing. Um, marketing would be your hub. That's your central core broad topic. But within marketing, you have content marketing, search engine marketing, social media marketing, email marketing, right? And then even within each of those, you have additional specific topics, right? You have, um, let's say it's uh, content marketing, you have developing buyer personas, the buyer's journey, developing content strategy, building editorial calendars, blogging, um, you know, all like distribution, all these different subtopics that that uh, form around it. And you can dive into each one, one of them even deeper. So let's say it's editorial calendars. You've got not only how to build them, but, um, you know, how to plan them, how to uh, how to actually manage the operations process of developing content. But what, what this ends up doing is it, it creates this um, almost like a table of contents, right? It's almost or almost like a, uh, you know, if you if you've been on Wikipedia before, right, and you start reading about a topic, you can dive very deep into it and go in a lot of different directions. But the, the key thing to, to think about here, though, is that it's not taxonomical in, this, in the same way that biology is. Hubs can have hubs within them. So you can have a topic cluster within a topic cluster, um, and, and they overlap um, quite a bit as well. So it's not purely, you know, hierarchical the way taxonomy is. So it's feeling a bit like a mind map. So I start with... Um... Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I've, I've, in my mind, I think of studying and then the problems that you have and it goes in different directions. And then each one of those feeds off from that. So you would end up um, each part of your mind map can then disappear off into extra branches. So is it a bit like that? Yes. And, and except that you would have. So it's like a mind map in the sense that you have this central node, right, with these spokes that come out from it. Mm-hmm. But the, the way for this to really work, and you, you want to think about this both for people who are exploring the content, but also for search engines, is that as you begin to branch off deeper and deeper, it becomes much harder to find your way back or to the other side of the mind map, right? And so you mm-hmm. have to think strategically about how do you connect all of these ideas together so that people and search engines can still traverse it very easily or get back to the key starting point that acts as the you know, kind of directory as well. Oh, I see. So the most important part about a topic cluster is it's not a rabbit hole. You've got to be able to come back. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. So yeah, how so do you do connected. that practically? So the, I think one of the, the first place you want to start is, is which topics actually go together. So there's the way most people approach it or the way people have done it for years. So HubSpot kind of coined this model back in 2017. Um, it's been around long before that, but they're the ones that really kind of uh, put it on the map. Um, people built these and grouped them together based on uh, qualitative data or like like gut instinct. They would ask themselves, "How do I think these topics go together?" And that's that's fine. That works. It's better than than not doing it all. But the way to really understand how you need to interlink things is to if you if you want to rank on Google, is to look at the way Google's doing it themselves. And so. The manual approach to this is to, let me take a step back here. There's two fundamental questions you have to answer is one, let's say you have these two topics. You have to answer the question, do I need to cover these two topics within a single page of content or do they need to be separate pages of content? And historically people would ask themselves, how deep does this, how, how, how in depth would I need to go within this topic? Mm-hmm. And if it's more mm-hmm. in depth, then you would split it out into two pages. Or if mm-hmm. it's a light summary, then you would keep it together. 
and that's and that's fine. Again, that's better than nothing. But we didn't really like that, so we we took a mathematical approach to it to where um, we would look at the way Google would rank pages for different topics. And so let's say you take two topics together, you search for them on Google side by side, bring up two Chrome windows or something. And what you wanna look for is, are the pages that Google are, is ranking on the first page, like the, the top 10 pages, are they the same ones that are ranking on that other um, results page for that second uh, topic? And when we say the same ones, we mean the exact same URLs Right, and you want to see how much overlap is there between them, and if there's a high degree of overlap, say three or four more of the URLs are the exact same between each of those topics that you search for, then they they need to go together. They they're grouped into one page. Google's seeing it as being the same thing. If there's not a high degree of overlap, then that's an indicator that you would split them out into two separate pages. From there. Um, to really graph it out, like when you're when you create your content, all you would really want to do is say, um, you want to throughout your content say, what else have I covered elsewhere, and how can I internally link it to this other concept? That's the basic approach to it. But the problem when you do it the manual way too is that it can be very very time consuming, uh, depending mm -hmm. on how much data that you're looking at. Um, and so that's what we worked on solving um, to create an algorithm that would do it for us and process all that data and kind of just map it out. Uh, for us, which you know shows us how things get structured, how they should be linked together, etc. And you're doing this predominantly for SEO purposes, so it's to so that you your easily your content is more easily found. Yeah. So the the way Google's algorithm works is there's a lot of different factors, but if if your goal is to rank higher on on Google. Um, Let's say your business model depends upon people searching for things on Google and, and finding your content and, uh, you know, trusting you and deciding to, you know, contact you or something or buy something from you. Um, the, the idea is that Google's algorithm is predominantly based off of uh, links historically. So how do other websites link to you? It's, it's a way of thinking of it like an endorsement, like a vote of confidence for you. But it, over, over the past five to ten, five to eight years really, it's shifted away from that and become, Google's gotten a lot smarter at understanding uh, content and understanding it from a, from a natural language perspective. And in order to help Google understand, you know, what your website is about, you need to cover it in depth. And the, um, there's this concept called topical authority. So Google wants to rank the best websites at the top of the pages so that people continue to use their search engine instead of using a different one like Bing or, you know, or DuckDuckGo or something like that. And so in order to do that, it wants to, the best content is not only does it answer your question the way that you want it to be answered, but it's also how trusted of a source of information are you? And whenever you create these topic clusters, it sends these very strong signals to Google that you know what you're talking about, that this, that your website isn't just this, this isn't just some one-off page, and that if a person's going to have additional questions after that, they're probably going to be able to find them through your website. So Google's goal is that when you search for something, that you're able to find an answer and do what we call concluding the searcher's journey. So if someone searches for something on Google, clicks on a website, hits the back button, and then goes to another one, then that first website did not conclude their journey. But if they search something, come to your website, get the answer to their question, but then they have 
the next natural, you know, it's a progressive question they have next, and you happen to have your content structured in such a way that helps guide people along that path, well, then they stay on your website. They go to the next page. And so Google looks at these signals and uh, uses them to understand how authoritative, how, how, how well do you know this topic, and would you be a good destination for us to send people to? Uh, that's the primary one. And then the second is uh, really the quality of, of your ability to answer that question. So if someone asks a very specific question, but you've lightly covered that question within a broad page when it really needed to be two separate pages, then it leaves the reader, uh, the searcher wanting, right? Maybe they want more, and so they end up going back and they're trying to find a more in-depth resource. So by creating these topic clusters, knowing how to structure things, both consolidation and breaking them out, um, and then how to group them together, it really helps you, um, you know, rank a lot faster um, and a lot more consistently on Google and kind of become known as like a trusted source of information on a topic. Gosh, I've never heard of concluding the searcher's journey, but yes, I, I mean, you can see yourself as a consumer of, a, of Google wanting to get the answers, so you can then very quickly see how that would work from a customer's perspective. Exactly. And ultimately, it's better for Google in the long run, too, because people trust it more. And every time you search something, it uses resources, right, from, from Google's uh, on a processing end. And so that's why if your website can continue to answer the next question, um, you know, they don't have to go back to Google, use additional resources, um, you know, to find the next natural progression. That's why Google also includes those. I'm sure you've seen them. The people also ask box mm -hmm. where you can kind of drop down because Google's trying to save you time and save themselves resources and give you more of what you're probably looking for, more something that aligns with the intent behind your actual search, especially whenever you search for something broad and, and don't get specific. Scully, you've made topic clustering sound um, both something really important, but also really interesting. Are there any sort of final tips you would give people if they're thinking, wow, this is something, something like me who's thinking, wow, I want to go and do this now? I mean, there's, it, I would say like a, a, approach it manually at first and just test it and see how it works for you. Also look at your existing content if you don't have it linked together that way. Just ask yourself, how could you take what you already have right now and group it together and maybe create a central, you know, table of contents type page that acts as a hub, a directory, so to speak, um, that would allow people to branch into, you know, the different sections. So do that with your existing content if you want to kind of build on beyond that, then um, there's, uh, if you want to do it algorithmically, I would say learn Python, <laughs> you know, get into programming, things like that. But, um, or, you know, you can do it manually, that's fine too. Um, it can be very time consuming, but it's better than, than not doing it at all. The Cambridge Marketing Podcast from Cambridge Marketing College, training marketing and PR professionals across the globe. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoyed that. There are over 200 episodes of the podcast. You can find past shows at Spotify, Podbeam, iTunes, and anywhere else you normally get your podcasts from. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll catch you next week.